Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Let's go! Do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If this is the week that you have set the touch tones into effect or have a well-crafted email to blast off to me, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com. Or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now, the second Tuesday in the first hour of the month of Tuesday. I got lost in myself there. Of course, the creator of AmazingRibs.com, Meathead, will be joining us. We will be covering such hot topics as what I like to term as the business of barbecue. Traeger has made a lot of news in the last number of weeks. Weber has attempted to make some news in the last number of weeks. So there's business to be talked about there. Then we will take it out of the bull bear ring and we will go straight into the garden where everybody loves to live. And we'll talk about dishes that you may or may not be considering, especially if you are one who fashions themselves a green thumb and keeps a garden during the winter mo- or during the summer months and things are coming in rapidly as they do with gardens. So Meathead will be here to help us and guide us through the garden and to what we might want to make with the fruits of our labor. And then we will move to the second hour where I will be joined by a first timer to the show. I think this makes, what is it now, three months in a row where we've had at least one new guest here on the show. 2021 is spawning the new guest movement. The likes the show is rarely ever seen, but we have a new guest coming in. And look, this is a barbecue and grilling show. I've said it before. I say it again, but it's not always about barbecue and grilling. So if you can't get down with what I'm going to do in the second hour, That's certainly your choice. You can tune out. You could not listen to it on podcast, whatever. But go ahead and blame it on Daniel Vaughn, Texas Monthly Embedded Correspondent. I'm sorry, Texas Monthly Barbecue Editor, quarterly correspondent or quarterly guest here on the show. But blame it on Daniel for the content that I'm going to bring you in the second hour. 
because as we were talking off air a number a number of months ago and we were talking about podcasts that we like he said hey have you ever checked out the relative unknown podcast and i told him no and he had mentioned that there was a cleveland connection so obviously that set the hook so i at least listened to the first episode and within the first number of minutes i was immediately in hook line and sinker i think it's 10 11 12 episodes it's a podcast documentary i guess so it's not like this show where it's just ongoing but it is a true life story and i will be joined by the lady that narrates it and really that the whole story revolves around there's certainly a major player in the game that is not jackie but uh, her father is somebody who has directly affected her life uh, both growing up ongoing and we'll talk to jackie taylor first timer to the show about her father and the story that she put together with Cadence 13. And we'll talk about the WITSEC program. Are you familiar with the WITSEC program? That's witness protection. And I think 99.78% of us have no idea what it actually involves other than what we see on TV. And typically on TV, it's at the end of a cop program where somebody has done the right thing and turned on somebody else and they are sent off to be protected for the rest of their life. But nobody knows what that looks like. Nobody knows what day number two or even day number one looks like in witness protection. And Jackie has been living it since she's eight years old, nine years old. So she can tell us all about it. She can tell us all the pitfalls that are happening and what her life has been like and the troubles that she's had. Look, she's been dealt a horrible hand uh, right from birth with her dad and then uh, into witness protection and what she's had to go through there. So it's going to be enlightening. It's going to be tragic in a certain degree, learning about Jackie's life and what she's had to endure. And hopefully we can use this platform to help shine more of a light and get more knowledge out to the masses on what the witness protection folks are going through. Because it's not necessarily the snitch or the turner that suffers. It's the families that have to go into that and are uprooted and stuck wherever they're stuck to assume new lives. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's been in the works for a number of months now. A huge fan. Again, it's relative unknown. You can find it on all the podcast platforms. It is a listen that you should be go doing tomorrow immediately after you re-listen to this show. So that's what's happening. Uh, Meathead coming up here shortly. Jackie Taylor from Relative Unknown in the second hour. Follow me socially if you would. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BBQ Central Show. Snapchat at BBQ Central. I've been giving you the wrong handle for years. I, I guess I didn't pick BBQ Central Show for Snapchat, but I don't really use it anyway, so who cares? Uh, for live video feeds, you can find it Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also on YouTube slash RD Rempe. There's also two free podcast, uh, ad-free podcast feed options. You can become a patron over at the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash BBQ Central Show. Or if you listen to Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to an ad-free experience right in the app. If you live in or around Everett, Washington, at the end of the month, you might want to stop out at the semi-famous Dave Anderson's Barbecue Restaurant at the Everett Ball in Everett, Washington. It's the Pacific Northwest Barbecue-sanctioned barbecue event. It's going to be judged by what they're terming KCBS trained judges, whatever that means. There will be free samples and other such goodness. So if you've 
always wanted to visit a barbecue contest. It is it is not Andrew, you are not. It is not a KCBS sanctioned event. It is sanctioned by the Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association. Although they do throw KCBS in there for some reason. But if you've always wanted to see how a barbecue event works in some form or fashion, then get out to the Everett Mall in Everett, Washington and check out that barbecue event at the semi-famous Dave's Barbecue Restaurant at the uh, Everett Mall in Everett, Washington, August 29th. Also, because it is something that is continuing to sweep the nation, if you can believe it or not, the Mexican dish that people were laughing at me at. That's not Mexican. Blah, blah, blah. It is Chori Pollo. Yes. Fan of the show, Brian Ashman, emailed this in the other day. That's right. That's a dish of Chori Pollo. You got beans and cheese there on the bottom right. You got your rice top right. And then taking up that whole left side of the plate, you got what is grilled chicken breast along with chorizo sausage and cheese melted on it. I'm sure there's some tortillas probably just off on the right-hand side of that. You can see them in the aluminum foil. Mix all of it together. Slam it in that tortilla. Oh, my God. It's a... Mexican culinary treat the likes you'll have never seen again. It's so good. You gotta try Chori Pollo. Look for it on a Mexican menu near you. Delicious. Uh, listener feedback before we get to Meathead. Mike in Florida writing, Greg, love the show and appreciate the content you put out each week. Wanted to piggyback on a few similar-minded emails over the last few weeks asking for a segment in the future that talks about the sound drops and the sound effects that you have used and still use during the show. I think the backstory on these would be fascinating. Put me in the quote-unquote wants to hear that list. By the way, last week, you got robbed in American Idol. Didn't I? But that's what happens when America votes. Mike, you are 100% correct. That's what happens when America votes. You might think that the results are going to come in one way. You might think that I sang way better than John did and that I should have won. But it doesn't matter. We put it out to America and then America votes. This is a republic and a democracy. This is how it works here, both for contests here on the Barbecue Central show and in the country. We put out to a vote, and America speaks. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the vote. It was very close. I only lost by eight votes. Eight votes! Maybe next year. I'm going to try really hard to sing even better than I did this year. And I don't know if that's possible. We congratulate John Solberg once again for being Season 2 champion. Before we get to Meathead, I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. They design and build all of their products right here in the States and building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built this company. The approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family. They're honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet cookers to wood-fired offset pits or charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with Yoder Smoker's brand. Make no mistake. Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and the team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again, while outlasting the competition for generations to come. 
It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products that define the integrity of the core values. American-made quality, endless flavor, two benchmarks of the Yoder Smokers brand. Visit Yodersmokers.com to grab yours today. That's Yodersmokers.com. I mean, think of all of the championship pitmasters out there that have a Yoder's pellet cooker on their trailer somewhere. Use it as a low smoker. Use it as a chicken cooker. They are badass cookers. Look at Sam out of Sam's Northwest Barbecue. He's killing it selling Yoder smokers right now. Go ahead, Sam. Browns fan, by the way. Shout out to Sam. We've got a year coming now. Yodersmokers.com. That's the place to go. We are back with Meathead right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier, visit bbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. The second Tuesday of the month and the first hour can only mean one thing. The guy who created live fire fun and frivolity talk along with me, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Hey, Meathead! Hey, how are you, Greg? And how are you, Centralites? We are doing absolutely fabulous. We're following a number of different stories and breaking items here over the course of the last number of weeks, which I know we're going to talk perhaps ad nauseum, but it's... Well, uh, let's start with the fact you finally have... Cleveland in the background instead of New York. I don't know if you've ever seen my fair city, but here's the skyline of Cleveland. I have been to your city, and that is Cleveland. Here's the Guardian City. Here's number one of our skyscrapers. Here's Uh the number two. And here's the longest running one, number three, Terminal Tower right here, everybody. That's our three skyscrapers right there. None going over 60 stories, of course, because we don't want to get crazy here. But uh, that will rival any, you know, mediocre podunk Midwest town, I would imagine. I mean, look well, right look right here. Matt. Here's a parking garage right there. I mean, that's a great skyline. What do you, you love it, right? This is this is me. At right? least you got parking. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, you can take the bus if you want to, but this is the well, booming it's a skyline. Improvement over Manhattan, which is what you used to have back there. Yes, but I mean, Manhattan is a classic skyline. I think there's a lot of things attached to that. It uh, you know lends some kind of professionalism in a global sense because it's iconic. You know, people now will look at this background and go, "Did he move?" From somewhere, I mean, where's that? I mean, who knows? Whatever. It's I. It, as I had mentioned it's last good month, to see you claiming your home. It was long overdue, and really, the fault lies with Amazon. And I became a little bit more. What do they say? Uh, necessity is the mother of ingenuity, or something like that. 
and invention. I invention. So I went ahead and found my photographer guy here locally, and now look at me. I have this great banner behind me. That's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. All right, so we're going to be well, talking I about. Warn you, but yes, go ahead. I got to warn you, by the way. Oh. We are experiencing a pretty nasty thunderstorm here. Oh. And tornado watches and warnings. So Oof. if uh, if I go dark, I'll try to catch up with you on my mobile. But uh, yeah. you better be ready to sing and dance. No problem. Always ready to sing and dance. I have hot topics to cover just in case a tornado <laughs> would hit the Windy City. How, uh, how weird would that be where a tornado would hit the Windy City? It almost seems redundant <laughs> yeah, to a certain really. degree. Uh, well, if you get alerted, I mean, please make haste and uh, get to your basements or wherever you need for safety, and we'll uh, figure it out from there. So we're going to be talking about some garden stuff. We're going to be talking about uh, some other items as well, but I wanted to start this evening because you were anxious to talk about some of the things that Traeger was up to last month with the buying of meter, things of this nature, and you know, fast forward a month ahead, there many things have happened since the purchase of meter not the least of which is Traeger and Weber going public. And I'm always interested when companies decide to make that jump. So um, let's go ahead and start with Traeger first. And let's back all the way up to when, before they made the announcements uh, that they were going to go public, a few days before that, they had made the announcement that they had acquired Meter. Now, I have long been short of a hater on Meter, because, not a full-blown hater, but short of a hater. A, a pretty big, this guy. You know, a little casting that eye. Because what were they really good at, Meathead? Of course, number one, Meathead was really good at generating crowdsourced funds. Perhaps the likes we've never seen. Millions and millions of dollars. What did they fail at? Everything else after generating lots and lots of funds. Took forever. To get the first versions out, they slowly trickled out. I don't even know why that is. I mean, can you imagine if Meter was hitting the ground now in production? You wouldn't see those things for seven years the way raw materials and labor and componentry are just completely unavailable at this point. However, years ago it was not the fact, but still they were slow. And then uh, you can't really connect them to anything more than nine or ten feet away on a Bluetooth connection. And when the lid goes down on the grill, maybe it's not even 10 feet. And I have a number of people that have confirmed that as well. Their Wi-Fi bridge has been lackluster at best. They continue to try and come out with revisions that really aren't that good either. And what I hear is, oh, and evidently it makes a 45 caliber hole in your meat because the thermometer <laughs> gauge is very big. And yeah. what I hear I've over and over. over here. I could. But here's, show you, here's but. what I hear over and over. You can uh, confirm or, or deny this. This idea is great. Everybody buys into the fact that the future is going to be wireless thermometering in some form mm-hmm. or fashion. But maybe it's not there yet. And it would be, and, and what's really good at now is rotisserie cooking. If you're going to leave the top open, you're going to get a little extra distance. If you're not, you're going to have maybe the same crappy distance that you got. But otherwise, I'm not really hearing a lot of uh, everybody's got to get one. I hear a lot of, you know, maybe regret that they got it or it's not there yet. So you tell me about Meter and what you think. Well, I hear about 50-50. When they first announced fundraising um, on uh, crowdsourcing fundraising sites, 
and they used every one of the crowdsourcing fundraising yes. sites. Um, I bought in. I thought, well, this is great. This is a great concept. And I immediately bought in, and I bought in, of course, on the top of the line, the most expensive model, the uh, four-probe unit. I'm looking at one over here that's charging. And um, I thought it was a great idea. And uh, so, I, you know, I think I spent, a, spent 120 150 bucks. I forget whatever it was. And uh, two, three years, I didn't hear a word. Wow. I wrote them. I, um, I, I, you know, I didn't make a big deal of the fact that I ran a website and, and uh, you know, got paltry to nothing in the way of response. It was just terrible. I was beginning to think that they were just absconding with my money. Yes. Finally, they came out with the low-end models, and they started shipping them. And, again, no communication to the people who bought the high-end models. And uh, finally, they shipped the high-end models. I think it was like three years later. I forget. I tell the whole story on AmazingRibs.com. Um, and, we, you know, we have this huge thermometer review database. Um, we've got an electrical engineer who tests thermometers. And he's tested it and found that it lives up pretty much to their specifications. It does have a large hole. The, the problem is, is you have a lot of electronics to fit into a small tube yep. in a very hot environment. I mean, if you're going to do a steak, those electronics have to be able to withstand temperatures in the six, 700 degree range. And that ain't easy. Now, if you insert it into a steak, which is 38 degrees coming out of the fridge, and you're going to cook it up to 130 medium rare, no problem. Uh, the electronics can take 130 degrees. But uh, if it's protruding out into the atmosphere around there, it can be pretty badly damaged. So they had some serious technical problems to overcome. I believe they've overcome most of them. Mine is working okay. The range is limited. I've heard from readers who have fallen in love with theirs and others who hate it. My suspicion is that there's going to be generations of improvement. Um, there are There is a, um, a knockoff. I forget the brand name. I, again, we have it in our database. And then there's... Um, what the heck? Tapicue. Tapicue, which has been around for a long time. Yes. Um, really fine, high-tech um, remote read. And they now have a wireless model, um, which works pretty well. So I'm optimistic we'll see this technology improve. And um, the Traeger spent $46 million on this product. Um, that's a lot of money. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, actually, I have... Um, unofficial uh, commentary from some other industry-leading thermometer producers that they're working on com competition. So I suspect there'll be others. So, But it makes sense. You know, um, Traeger has been a leader in the technology side. Um, the, the interesting story that's developed out here is that Traeger and Weber both went public within a couple of weeks of each other. Yes. Um, uh, Traeger went public on July 29th, and Weber went public about a week later August on 5th. August 5th, yep. um, which was only five days ago. Yes. Um, uh, Traeger um, uh, opened at around 22 bucks, and uh, today... 
they closed at close to 32 bucks. Yes. So their stocks are going up. Uh, my guess is, is that that enthusiasm for Traeger stock is related to the enthusiasm of for Traeger grills. Um, Traeger and Big Green Egg are two products that seem to have a cult following, that seem to have people who are madly in love with those products. And um, uh, they, they are, you know, like Apple people, which I am. I'm an Apple person. And uh, yeah, there's a cult following. And I, my guess is, is they're the ones who are buying all that stock. Whereas Weber, which has been around for many, many, many years, um, much higher revenue, um, uh, a much more solid company, sold in 78 countries, 36% roughly, maybe closer to 40% of all grills sold in this country are Weber's. Traeger has about a 2% market. Um, uh, Weber came out and they did not achieve the, num the dollar value that no. they had hoped. And they did not achieve the number of shares that they had hoped. No. They still sold a heck of a lot of stock. I think it was somewhere around two hundred fifty million. Yes, um, and that's a that's a lot of capital. I mean, you can pay you can pay down some debt, you can pay some bonuses, and you can use it to develop. Now, Weber is moved into the electronics world. They have always been a steel and plastic company. They've always been, you know, stamping out steel, building really solid, well-made grills that don't necessarily have the latest bells and whistles, but you buy a Weber Summit and you might as well put it in your will because it'll outlive you. Um, and they, they have this huge parts inventory. I had a 20-year-old Weber Genesis that needed some parts and I called them up and son of a gun, they had them in stock. Um, I mean, it's a it's a great company. There are, I mean, you know, Napoleon makes a gas grill that competes with them that I think has got uh, a couple of legs up on some of their products. But uh, Napoleon you know, has a bigger market share than Weber does. Pardon? Napoleon has a bigger market share than Weber does. I don't think so. Hundred percent. I Napoleon? Yes. No, they're a Canadian company. Weber is Weber is. Almost forty percent of of all grills sold in this country. How can Napoleon be bigger? How can they I'd, be bigger? I have to see the numbers. Pardon? How can they be bigger? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't. Their, their that means nothing for. Their percentage of market share is bigger than I'd, I'd Weber. Love, I'd love love to hear that. I'd love to see the the basis for that. But regardless, I mean, it's, Weber's a great company. They've done a lot of things well. But now they've gotten into the, the, the digital world, which is something that Traeger's done very well. And uh, th they've stubbed their toe. Um, when they introduced the uh, Smoke Fire, which had uh, a, a smart uh, phone connectivity and uh, bells and whistles, uh, it, it wasn't fully functional when they introduced the product. And, uh, and there are still bugs. Uh, I'll leave it to Max. Uh, hopefully you'll have him on sometime soon. He's testing one of their new models that came out uh, just around the time they came public. And he's having a dickens of a time getting it to work properly. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, all these companies going uh, public, uh, um, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Um, the financial analysts rate Weber higher than um, uh, Traeger, 
But you've got to admire what Traeger is up to. I mean, uh, Weber comes on the market. Their New York Stock Exchange num uh, abbreviation is WEBR. Um, Traeger comes on, and they are Cook. Yeah. C-O-O-K. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Um, uh, the day they go public, they're all crowded up on the dais there, and they ring the bell. And in the background, they have a huge sign. Um, uh, uh cook with us, you know, or I've never seen that in a, at an IPO. Um, so these guys are smart and they are um, gunning for Weber, but they are primarily at this moment, the pellet grill company. Now they've got a thermo thermometer company. Weber makes charcoal, gas, and pellet grills, and they're getting into the digital world. Um, they're in 78 countries. Traeger is in one country. Um, That's not true. I, according Traeger, to their perspective, Traeger sells Traeger sells grills all over the world. I, to my knowledge, according to the perspectives, let me rephrase it: they're primarily in the U.S. Okay, I'll, I agree with that. Primarily, yep. Do you um, do you think that um, have, do you think that this shows the difference in CEOs goes to show the difference in how you were even seeing the companies appear on their IPO days, you have Jeremy Andrus, who uh, well-famed bringing Skull Candy to market and prominence, and other than Beats by Dre, who was launching at the same time and would have killed anybody doing headsets. I think Skull Candy probably would have been number one in the market outside of uh, Dr. Dre and his Beats by Dre. And now you have him in Traeger. He's well-versed at getting tech. He's he's tech-driven. I think he sits on the board of ten other tech companies as and well. And marketing driven. And marketing driven, of course. So you have, uh, as you said, you, you look at that dais when they're ringing the opening bell, you got DivaQ up there, you have that, uh, what's his name, Kendrick Barbecue, and then a bunch of other people, I don't know. But I found it interesting who he decided to have up there with him. I think that's uh, really calculated. And then it, like you didn't not see anything about Traeger's IPO for the next four or five days. I mean, they were just hitting it and hitting it and hitting it, and they were showing videos of the party that they were having in uh, Salt Lake at the headquarters with all their influencers and employees and all the people they find near and dear to them and just going crazy in the best ways possible. Maybe a little overboard in some certain instances, but we won't talk about that here. And then fast forward five days later and you see Weber's launch and it was like, who cares? I mean, it was such a difference. You have the CEO, is it Chris Scherzinger or whatever his name is? talking about how they want to uh, automate the cooking process uh, to a certain degree or, or to a to a whole degree um, where you're taking all the the have to knows away and it's going to tell you how to do everything to perfect your cooking and well, I'm, I'm sure, sure uh, Traeger is in that field I'm sure too. Traeger wants to do that too but I think the way that it's brought across is is much different uh, there's a lot of cool marketing things there's there's a lot more buzz around Traeger than uh, there is a, around Weber, and Weber could probably stand to try and fish some of those Traeger folks away or, or hire some people that have a little bit more of a marketing buzz to at least create some excitement. I mean, it, the, August 5th was like uh, dead, uh, other than Tuffy Stone posting like two pictures on the New York City streets in front of the stock exchange. It was kind of sad. Well, that, that's all true, but let's cut to what the financial wizards look at. Um, Weber's market cap is five and a half billion. 
Um, uh, Traeger is three and a half billion. Um, uh, Traeger had a net income of 31.6 million in 2020. Uh, Weber had um, uh, 88 million. Um, so, um, you know, right now Weber's still the big boy, the big dog. But you've got to admire Traeger's guts and savvy and a chutzpah. Um, but um, I'm just looking at my notes here. You're correct. Uh, Traeger says their U.S. penetration is only 3%, and it is their primary market, not their only market. And they do plan to expand internationally. Uh, but Weber is active in 78 countries. Hmm. Uh, Big difference. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Meanwhile, in the background, we have another interesting development going on, and that's a company called Barbecue Guys. Yeah, and they're out of um, uh, they're down in the south. I forget where they Alabama, uh, I Mississippi, think, uh, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, um, and they own a, a grill line called Blaze. But this is a company. If you're not familiar with them, check them out. Uh, they're advertising on TV. I saw them the other day advertising yes. during the Olympics. Yep. Um, uh, they uh, they were bought by their, their company that specializes. It's a grill store. It's an online grill store selling grills and accessories. And they're doing some great videos. And they were bought by a private equity firm called Brand Velocity Partners. And Brand Velocity Partners, among the partners, is Eli and Peyton Manning. Yep. And the commercial I saw the other day had, I think it was Eli on the commercial. I didn't catch the whole commercial, but uh, they're behind it. And I'm sure that they're going to use their reputation to promote it. Um, uh, they're going head to head with Amazon, which is not an easy task. Uh, Amazon has a heck of a lot of grill products for sale. Uh, they had $130 million in revenue in 2019. And Blaze had another forty-one million, so they're almost two hundred million in revenue, and they too plan to go public. What what this is in is endemic of is during COVID year when all the restaurants were closed, we stayed home and cooked, and uh, your listeners and my readers are home cooks anyhow, but there are an awful lot of folks who are not much at home cooking. They, particularly city dwellers, they dine out a lot. And uh, uh, if they cook, they cook simply or they cook pre-prepared foods or they carry out. And uh, they got into the sourdough bread thing. Yeah. And, uh, uh, they, they, and, and, and grills were selling like hotcakes all through the spring and summer of 2020. And uh, it, it, it slowed down because of supply chain issues. They couldn't buy steel. They couldn't buy plastic. But there was a huge demand for grills all through there. So um, when we come out of this, if we ever come out of this, we better. Um, uh, the, it's going to be interesting to see how many legs this barbecue enthusiasm has. All right, here we go, Meathead. The top 10 competitors in the market of the barbecue and grilling market are as follows according to finance.yahoo.com number one who who's number one in the market company called Whatever. middleby corporation llc largest 
competitor with 19.62% of the market, followed by who? Meathead? Napoleon. Napoleon. 16.8%. I I don't know what we're measuring here, but Weber claims in their prospectus that they have something like um, 40 plus percent of all grill sales Hmm. in the United States. Now, I don't know what your data is, where it's coming from, whether it's worldwide, but I find it hard to believe. I know Napoleon. I love their products. Yes. But I I know as I walk my neighborhood and I go out for a walk every morning for an hour, um, I don't see – I see one Napoleon grill in the neighborhood, and it's the one that I gave my neighbor. <laughs> um, I, but everywhere I go, I see Weber Kettles, Weber Genesis, Weber Spirits. Um, Weber is, uh, you know, we'll have to do some research. I don't know who this Yahoo source is, but, um, I question it. All right. John Solberg says this is a bad list. So we say, fine, we'll trash it, but it was published. So you know what they say on the internet. It has Thank to be you, true. John. Uh, all right, meathead stand by. We'll be right back and we'll, uh, finish this tech stuff up and then we'll talk about some garden food and such. Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. In that time, Pits and Spits establishing itself as one of the premier brands and high-quality offset smokers. And, of course, pellet cookers. Pits and Spits setting itself apart by using heavy 7 and 10-gauge stainless in every cooker. Fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the Unit 304 stainless roll-top lids and front shelves on every single smoker. Does it matter? Yes. Using higher quality materials, pit and spit smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. By providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel, that grill rattling apart as you move through the backyard. And 304 stainless steel means you're getting an heirloom quality piece of equipment you can pass down to the kids if you want. Now, where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider, Pit and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to do this? Sure but they don't like tack welds or cheap stainless or electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete design, uh, complete control of the design and standards. Not something you find with stuff brought in from overseas. There's steel suppliers that supply materials to be used in some of the harshest environments around, so they will perform in any and all conditions. And their controllers are made right here in the States, so they are able to have unimpeded transparency into the programming. Pits and Spits is sold through a dealer network across the country, however... If there isn't one near you, give Koi a call at the shop, 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team smoking 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check them out at pitsandspits.com. That's all spelled out, pitsandspits.com. Or see their pits in the wild across uh, the globe and uh, with their handle at Pits and Spits, at Pits and Spits, again, all spelled out. And we'll be back with more Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Cook and Pellets. Com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. 
Chris Becker and the gang over there, busting it, trying to get pellets to you ASAFP. Let me ask you a question about this whole grill business recently. And maybe it should have hit me in the face earlier, and I just didn't see it. But when I saw the acquisition of Traeger uh, to meter, and I thought, oh, well, you know, here's Traeger seeing this thermometer really, as you said uh, earlier and talking about somebody, uh, maybe it was Weber, uh, having a bit of a stumble. Like, the concept is good, but the product just isn't there. And I thought, Weber's going to buy it. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Traeger's buying it, and they're going to be able to make it do what it should have done out of the box low these years ago. And then I talked to a few other people, and they said, eh, there's a very good chance that meter's just going to go away and die at some point. Uh, it's not going to be a product that they're really going to support as a meter. And what really happened is they bought patents. They don't really give a shit at all about meter of the product. So that meter can fizzle away. And then at some point in time, because now they own all the IP and all the patents, they will reintroduce a Traeger wireless thermometer also. Uh, Traeger buys uh, all of the meter patents because now they can corner the market on wireless probe technology. I think meters in some kind of litigation with five other knockoff companies at this point in time uh, or somewhere thereabouts. Likewise, Traeger is trying to put Green Mountain Grills out of business because of the patents. If it all set up perfect for them, they could control the pellet cooker market. A, they could control the Wi-Fi portion of the pellet cooker market. B, and now they could corner the wireless thermometer technology as well. I mean, it, it could set up really well for them. I think it's highly unlikely, but it could set up really well. A long way to go to say what I've noticed recently is a lot of acquisitions aren't necessarily product-driven. People are buying patents in order to arm themselves yeah. with the most IP possible, given the state of technology and where we live today. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're right, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if um, the meter became called the Traeger meter, why not? Um, it, it needs a sub-brand name. Um, that wouldn't be surprising at all. What about the Metager? Do, you, do we like the Metager? I think that one has a better ring to it. <laughs> um, I went back to my notes here, and uh, according to Weber's prospectus, now I have some experience having brought a wine-related company um, to uh, uh, public sale, um, that when you produce a perspective, prospectus for stock sale, um, you have to really vet everything you say in that prospectus. And the lawyers are going to really hold your feet to the fire um, because you do not want the SEC coming down on you for making fraudulent statements. Weber's prospectus states that there is an installed base of grills in the United States of 70 million units, 56% of all households, 42% of all those 70 million grills are Weber. 42% of 70 million are Weber. Uh, that's almost half. I mean, that sounds about right to me. I absolutely 
cannot believe the data that Napoleon is outselling it in the United States, maybe Canada. And that's right up there with your friend Derek Rich's claim that there's some guy in New Zealand has a website bigger than mine. I mean, you cannot believe everything you read on the Internet, for crying out loud. All right. <laughs> now, gardening is something that you are into. You like to do a garden. My father-in-law yeah. is a huge gardener. I know secretly he hates the fact that he moved to a new house a year ago, and they don't have near the estate that they had in Willoughby, where they used to grow a number of different gardens in the background. So talk to me about your Who growing garden. What? Who moved a year ago? My father-in-law. I mean, I moved a year oh, ago, too, but we were moving. Uh, we were actually moving all at the same time. They went further okay. east out than we did. I so, missed that. I thought you said I moved. There, uh, No, I moved, and my father-in-law moved, who was a, a big gardener, and I used to just reap the rewards of his hard work because, uh, as yeah. most gardeners know, like uh, things just come in all at one time, and then you go from having nothing to having a bounty, and yeah. uh, all yeah. of a sudden it's way too much. So uh, what are things and in the obvious. garden— yeah, right. Um, but what are things in the garden that you like to use in live fire recipes? What are some of your favorites? Well, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. My wife is a master gardener. The state of Illinois, the University of Illinois, actually offers a degree certificate called the master gardener. You have to pass tests and and so on. And she is a master gardener. Wow. And we have a fairly significant plot of land in our tiny suburban backyard and uh we are reaping the benefits of it uh, eggplant is coming in now tomatoes are coming in zucchini the size of baseball bats um uh, all kinds of fun things you can do with them though um our friend mutual friend steve reichlin uh wrote a book on grilling vegetables it just came out this year it's an excellent book um i have a number of recipes that i do that are a little different than some of his, but uh, they're a lot of fun. I, I do eggplant parmesan on the grill. It's a lot of fun. Um, we, we start with the tomato sauce. You start with the tomatoes. Usually I choose these egg-shaped tomatoes, which are um, Roma's or you know one of the Italian varieties. They're more meaty than they are juicy. And you split them in half and you grill them face down. Got to make sure the grill is really clean. You do not need meat grease on your tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's top and bottom. You don't want smoke from meat grease on your tomatoes. Right. But you can smoke these babies, and you grill them until they're a little charred, flip them over, grill the backside until it's charred, and then you can pop the skins right off, and you can chop them up, and now you have fire-roasted tomatoes. And in the past couple of years, I don't know if you've noticed, the grocery stores are selling cans of fire-roasted tomatoes, and they're more expensive than regular tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And it, that's all it is. It just grill them off. Um, uh, once you grill them off, throw them in a blender or a food processor with a little salt and whatever the herbs you want, you know, oregano, um, salt and pepper, and, uh, you know, give it an Italian flavor. Whir them up, and now you have a great tomato sauce. Okay. Then you take the eggplants. Now, if you're going to make eggplant parmesan, typically you dip them in egg and then you dip them in breadcrumbs and then you fry them. And yep. they, eggplants are like a sponge. They just soak up oil. Um, but um, you can take an eggplant slice, about a half inch thick, and just paint it lightly with oil 
and throw it on the grill until it softens. Then you take your tomato sauce and ladle that on top of that slice. Then you can take a slice of um, a Parmesan cheese and or mozzarella cheese and lay that on top. Close the lid until the cheese melts. And now you have this lovely round disc with tomato sauce and cheese on top. And I have the recipe and the video. There's a video that shows me making these. They're really gorgeous. Uh, you know, some basil, a couple of chopped up pieces of basil mm -hmm. or slices or just leaves of basil. And eggplant parmesan on the grill is delightful. And it doesn't have anywhere near the oil of classic fried eggplant parmesan. And it's just a lot of fun. And you've got this grilled tomato sauce now. You can use it on pizzas. You can use it on pasta. You can use it. Um, th there's another recipe that I know I've mentioned here before, but I have to mention it. And I'll mention it every year till I die because it may be one of the coolest things you can do on the grill or a smoker. It's actually best on a smoker. But you can do this on a grill when, if you know how to make your grill smoke. And that is you get cherry tomatoes, one or two plants of cherry tomatoes, and you're just swimming in cherry tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. You pick them when they're ripe, and you get a sharp knife, and you stab them three or four times so that they're, um, uh, they're, they're porous now, so that moisture can evaporate. And you throw them on your smoker. Use a grill topper or something so they don't fall through the slats because they're going to shrink. And you throw them on the smoker at the lowest temperature possible. And it takes four hours, maybe, or more. And you shrink them down to raisins. And they become like raisins. They're like sun-dried tomatoes. <laughs> They're really concentrated flavor. They're really sweet. Um, they have the soft texture of a raisin. Um, don't let them get hard. Don't cook them too far. And then you can freeze them and have them all winter long. But these guys are fantastic. Any place you would use a raisin. But they're great um, on a pizza, um, on a salad, um, in a focaccia. Just a million things you can do with these um, uh, smoked tomato raisins. And, boy, and you just snack them, man. They're just fantastic. Um, and if you don't have um, cherry tomatoes growing, go to the farmer's market and buy a big old bag of them. You will not regret doing this. Nothing could be simpler. If you need more hand-holding, go to AmazingRibs.com and find the recipe there. But you just poke holes in them, throw them on the smoker until they're about like raisins and just fantastic. Um, here's another one we do that the kids love. Um, pizza kini, um, especially if pizza gets ahead of you. I mean, if the zucchini gets, and it does, you, you go out there and you got this gorgeous six-inch zucchini and you say, oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to pick it tomorrow and we're going to make a, uh, a zucchini side dish. And you go out the next day and it's a baseball bat. I mean, overnight, it just grows the size of a baseball bat. And a lot of people think once they get that big, they're worthless, but they're not. You slice them lengthwise and you scoop out the pith, which is kind of... Uh, soft and mushy, scoop it out so that there's nothing left but skin and meat. And then you grill those, um, slice them with a knife so that there's some, you know, X-shaped slices. Um, uh, and then uh, you're not going to slice them. You're just going to gouge them with a knife. Uh, and, you, and you grill them, the two halves, until they're a little limp. And then you bring them in and you fill them with whatever you would put on a pizza, ground meat, sausage, mushroom, tomato sauce, your grilled tomato sauce. Yes. Um, uh, we did one the other night with chorizo, um, uh, breadcrumbs, just loaded up like a canoe 
with passengers as as mounded up as high as you can, top it with tomato sauce and cheese, back on the grill until the cheese melts, and you've got pizza kini. Hmm. And kids eat their vegetables. They love it. Uh, do you take the, uh, is it called the rind or the, the skin off of it? Do you use a peeler to no. take that off to eat? You can no, eat that? No. Zucchini skin is, is tender, and especially when you've cooked it, no need to take it off. It's just fine. All right. Yeah. Well, that's a step I can And you can do, do it with both green zucchinis and yellow. Oh. And I prefer the yellows, actually, but uh, I, I, for some reason, my wife keeps planting the green ones. I'm not too up on uh, Ratatouille. I knew it was like a Disney movie at some point a number of years ago, <laughs> and Ratatouille ended up being the, the featured item of the whole movie because of its simplicity. It looks to be a tremendous labor of uh, amount to, to put it together, but like, what's in it, and and why would I you know, bother it's, with it? Let, let's just call it a mixed vegetable grill. You get the zucchini, you get the yellow zucchini, the red zucchini, the tomatoes, um, the eggplant, whatever's growing out there. You grill it all up, toss it together, and eat it. Uh, melt some cheese on it if you want. Throw some fresh herbs in there. Some basil. Uh, top it off with a grilled tomato sauce. I mean, you know, there are a bazillion recipes for ratatouille, um, uh, but it, basically it's just mixed vegetable grill. Hmm. And if you do it right, it's it, it's a meal in itself, and it's wonderful. Uh, Dessert-wise, I know everybody's waiting for you to say, oh, grilled pineapple, of course, but let's change it up. <laughs> let's change it up. You put on your outline grilled peaches. Uh, which is something that I used to do quite often when I originally got into, before I had the forum. Yeah. Well, no, I had the forum, but before any podcast or anything, everybody loved grilled peaches. So how do you do that best? And Because uh, we want to try it this week. Well, um, start with good peaches. Um, you know, with all due respect, I'm sure there are listeners out there from Georgia and South Carolina, um, but your peaches are not as good as cold climate peaches. Yeah. And this is true for most veg, uh, most fruits. Um and, and, you know, winemakers all know this. All the great wines of the world come from cool climates. And that's because you have hot days, which sweeten the fruit, and then cool nights, which keep the acidity from burning off. So you get this perfect sugar acid balance. Um, we get to, um, uh, uh, peaches here from southern Michigan, particularly around the town of Red Haven, um, and they are just ungodly good. You eat them over the sink. Um, and, and, and there's basically two, there are a bunch of sub-varieties, but basically there's cling peaches and um, um, uh, uh, freestone peaches. And if you can, you get freestone peaches. And that means if you slice the peach in half, it comes right off the stone or the pit. Um, it doesn't cling to the pit. And those are easier to deal with. Um, usually for grilling, you want them a little less than perfectly ripe. When perfectly ripe, they're really soft. You squeeze them and they're like a baby's bottom. Um, and uh, you want them just a little firm. You slice them. And again, you've got to have really clean grill grates. Um, and you start with the uh, cut side down, flip them over, and get a little grill marks on them. They get caramelized. This is the process of converting the sugars and they get a richness and a complexity that you can't get any other way. And uh, um, once you've done that, you can slice them up in quarters or eighths. And um, there's a recipe my wife created that's on our website where it's a rum and butter and um, a little sugar 
and uh, it is just uh, awesome uh, with um, ice cream. So peaches mm. and cream and this rum butter sauce, unbelievably good. Um, and now's the time. These peaches are all coming in. Try for Washington State, Michigan, um, uh, Minnesota. Uh, probably Ohio's got good peaches. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, New York State. Um, cool climate peaches. Grill them off. Um, throw some ice cream and this rum butter sauce on there and go straight to heaven. I don't know what we haven't covered tonight, Meathead. We've talked about uh, technology. We've talked about stocks. We've talked about bonds. We've talked about uh, what you should believe on the Internet and what you shouldn't. And then we've closed it out by saying, get into your garden, and before it overtakes you, eat that stuff, and you've given us recipes. I mean, you have done it all tonight. Go to AmazingRibs.com if you're not going there regularly. Of course, join the Pitmasters Club if you haven't joined that for less than 25 bucks a year. And uh, we will see Meathead in September, if you can believe it. And remember, it is the largest barbecue and grilling website in the world. On the face of the earth. <laughs> That's right. There's Meathead right there. Thank you, Meathead. Thank you very much. It's always good to hang with you and the Centralites. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com right there. And again, covering it all. So if you've missed it, if you're just tuning in right now, I see Corey Gilbert joining in. Sorry, Corey. You're going to have to get it on podcast. It'll be up a little bit later this evening. Before we close out the first hour, I will talk to you quickly about Yukon Glory, one of the newest sponsors of the show, and they are ready to talk to you about the Grill and Serve set, an absolute revolution when it comes to the landscape of grilling baskets. I'm going to show you here in the second hour. I've always hated two things about using grilling baskets during my cooks. One, I have to wear some kind of heat-resistant glove to take those things on and off the cooker because they're hot. Secondly, it gets grease or oil over the damn table for my counter, wherever I put it, when I set it down to serve. And being someone who is a clean freak, this isn't something that I can really get down with. So what's a live fire cook to do? Enter a great product from Yukon Glory called the Grill and Serve. This patented design fixes everything. This set includes three stainless steel grill baskets, which are moved by a clip-on handle that seamlessly grips the interior of the basket for easy lifting and dropping. The set also has a large custom-fitted stainless steel serving tray to catch any drips and allows for a beautiful custom presentation. Perhaps, in my case, more importantly, gives you a clean table when everyone is done eating. Thank you, Yukon Glory. What should you cook on them? Where can you get them? Glad you asked. Perfect for veggies, seafood, wings, tacos, and meats of all types. If you can think of it, you can use the grill and serve for it. As far as where to buy, Amazon.com, Walmart.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Target. Of course, you can go to UConnGlory.com. And if you love to save money and who doesn't, you can use the promo code 10Central, the numerals 1010Central, all one word. When you use it, you get 10% off your entire order all August along. Go to UConnGlory.com. Any product, 10 Central, 10% off. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. 
All right, welcome back. This portion being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitor up to 6 different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or via Bluetooth. Alexa or the Google Assistant compatible. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. We thank Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for joining us last hour. We are heading to the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> 